Somebody getting the ball, making a tackle, sacking the quarterback, some pro making a play. Look at him go. Stiff arms. He's a sledgehammer. He's in. Touchdown, Tennessee. Derrick Henry still going. Stays in bounds. He might go. 99 yards for the touchdown. Holy shit. Welcome back into Two Tone Brews, an unaffiliated Tennessee Titans podcast. My name is Brucker, and I am joined by Chris. And Chris, I have no idea what the fuck to think, but I'm happy right now. How are you doing, man? I think I'm in the same boat with you, man. I'm confused, <laughs> but I'm pretty happy. Yes, like, it. I am so confused. I have no idea what to think of this team. It's a perplexing four weeks it's been for the Tennessee Titans uh, the, the Bengals came in and we finally got the monkey off our back the the bad man uh, didn't hurt us this time Joe Burrow looked like ass I understand he's dealing with a calf injury but I mean it was great to see Jeffrey Simmons and company demolish him and for the offense to actually be able to capitalize on that so this was it was a fun time being a Tennessee Titans fan on Sunday yeah, it's kind of one of those, you know, I don't care how it happened or how injured Burrow was for it. It it felt cathartic to just <laughs> see him get put down. And we actually win because, you know, there was like a, a moment where there was a flashback to the playoff game where it was like, we got like nine sacks on him and he still torched us. So it was good to see like everything come together for one time in our fucking lives. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, like this, I don't want to say the stars aligned, but like the stars kind of aligned. Like the defense did really well. The, the the offense did really well. Tannehill had a good game. Derrick Henry had like a had a really great bounce back game. We'll get into some like the records that he set. Um, it was I, I felt like coaching was good. Tim Kelly called I think a fabulous game. My favorite part from this is Jeffrey Simmons in motion. What the fuck? I I love seeing the big dog come out. Okay, my favorite part of that was that the Titans lined up for that play. And then since he's like, oh, we're fucked. So they called a timeout and they just did the exact same thing they were going to do anyway. They were just like, no, fuck it. You guys ain't going to stop it. We're just going to do it again. I love it. Tim Kelly just going like, fuck you. We're still going to run this bitch. Like, <laughs> yeah, it was a real like nice try, guys. Uh, you don't know what's happening. <laughs> no, not at all. And I was ecstatic to see. So this was the jump pass that Derrick Henry threw to Josh Wiley. Congrats to Josh Wiley getting his first NFL touchdown. And I love that Wiley gave the ball to Jeff Simmons for him to spike. Ugh, just incredible stuff. So selfless. His first NFL touchdown, he's like, big dog, it's on you. Also, ever in a million years, do you think Josh Wiley is like imagining his first NFL touchdown as like a high school football player and that it's coming from a running back? It's going to be a jump pass (laughs) from 1920 out of Harvard coming in (laughs) from Derrick Henry. Yeah, no way. Oh, my God. Like, I I think the jump pass, well, that was like originated by, uh, by Tebow, right? Like yeah. in like 2009. <laughs> no way. No way he thought that was coming. He was probably like six when that happened. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a lot to celebrate, a lot to get into. I mean, the one thing I could take away from this is that the Titans are consistent at being inconsistent. I mean, I 
they, they it's like they did the Uno reverse card after the Browns game. You know, they went, okay, fine. Now we're going to shellac someone else and keep them to three points. And it's also interesting to see that both of our both of our wins so far are at home and i'm happy to see like do the titans actually have a home field advantage for once i i would like to see that because we've been notoriously good on the road but you know we've been kind of lackluster sometimes at home so i'm yeah, i'm hoping to see that this is a trend to where we actually do have a home field advantage going forward yeah i'd like to see it it seems like uh oftentimes away fans travel to nashville uh, i don't know if that's geography or it's just a cool city for them to visit you know on a weekend vacation um that it attracts people to come see uh, but the games that i've been to recently it's been a lot of away fans and you know, I, w- I would like to see the Titans have a fortress where we have like a really strong fan presence and where teams aren't going to come here and think like, OK, we're going to have like 35 percent of the crowd on our side. I don't know what the breakdown would have been for the Bengals. I know they traveled well. It's not a very long drive, you know, from Cincinnati. But yeah, I would, lo- I would love to see the trend continue as long as the, t- the team is consistent. I think that is the only thing that's really going to help that further. You know, we can't we can't be up and down and expect people to show up and scream their heads off. Yeah, I mean, it, did you see? So speaking of Bengals fans traveling and everything, did you see that video? I saw it on the Titan subreddit of a Bengals fan. He was like going around interviewing a bunch of people tailgating at the Titans game this weekend, and he was like interviewing a bunch of Titans fans and basically just like shit talking with everybody. Did, did you see this video? No, enlighten me. It was pretty fucking hilarious. I mean, I gotta say, the guy, you know, has balls, I think, just going up and just, like, just point-blank shit-talking with it, like, putting a camera in their face and shit-talking to everybody and handing a mic to a bunch of drunk tailgating people. And the the thing, it's like a 15-minute clip. And uh, I will say his post was very funny, and he was very, you know, like... He, he was nice, you know, yep. but uh, the funniest thing was that he interviewed some kid like this 12 year old and this 12 year old just fucking obliterated him. Just 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 <laughs> this kid just annihilated him. He was just because the guy he was wearing like a who day shirt or whatever. And the kid was wearing a jersey. He was just like, I can't take you seriously. You're not like because you're so poor. You can't afford a Bengals jersey. Like, I can't Damn. take you seriously. <laughs> Damn. Because you're wearing a Who Day shirt, which you stole from the Saints. So, like, that's a stolen shirt. You can't even get that. <laughs> oh, man, dude. <laughs> the kid was like, Jeff Simmons is going to eat Joe Burrow. Just don't you fucking wait. It was it was so good. <laughs> dude, these kids are ruthless these days. That's fucking great. Yeah, I love, love to see it. <laughs> and he also went up to this guy who was wearing a number four jersey. He was like, number four, that's Stonehouse. Who is that? He goes, that's our punter dipshit. He goes, nobody's <laughs> ever said that ever. <laughs> <laughs> Better put respect on his name. Yeah, dude. <laughs> the respect. The, punt, the real punt god. Yeah, for real. Who thankfully didn't need to, we didn't need to use him a whole lot this game. But uh, man, okay. I guess going forward, we'll we'll get to the Colts game in the second half of this and everything that's coming up. But I just have no idea what to expect from this team because I mean, it was awesome to see them shellac a team. Like, you know, the, the Bengals have been bad this year. They've been really bad. And it was good to see them handle business and not just handle business, but like, you know, shut them out. They didn't get any touchdowns. Derrick Henry threw more touchdowns than Joe Burrow did in this game. 
And it's <laughs> it's at least encouraging to see that we can dominate against bad teams, you know. And last week I talked about the things I wanted to see improved, you know, what regardless of winning or losing, the things I want to see improved were to see the O-line be better, to see the penalties go down, and to also see the play calling make sense. Like to just be better with how the game's going. And I feel like the Titans hit on all three of those. I mean, the penalties went down by 66%. Last week, we had 80 yards in penalties this year or this year. This week, I believe we only had like 26 yards in penalties. It was in the 20s. And also for the O-line, for sacks, yards lost, we only, we got, Tannehill was sacked three times for losing uh, 15 yards, and which was a huge upgrade from last week so i believe we lost like 36 yards in sacks so th- it was good seeing those two things improve this week yeah it really feels like we were here same time last week pounding the table for them to have short quick passes chew clock run the fucking ball and not you know give up these ridiculous penalties and they did it and we won. We fucking destroyed them. So is this going to be a trend that we can say, hey, if we don't do these three things or we do do these three things that are fundamental to the success of the team, like we're actually good Are the Bengals. I, I don't I refuse to believe the Bengals are that bad, honestly, because Joe Burrow is injured. He's playing through it and he's practicing at the same time. So. I don't think that leaning on the crutch of Joe Burrow's calf is is so bad because he's he's electing to play through it and the team is electing to allow them. So we need to judge them on the performance that they put out in the field and the Titans need to be judged on their performances. We'll sit here like last week and lambaste them when they absolutely shit on the field. But we need to give them a little bit of credit on this game because they did put it together. I want to see it again before I believe it's going to be the truth, you know, that this season is going in the right direction, truly. But it's definitely a a bright spot, a step in the right direction. And they have stuff to build on, you know, going forward. We have good things to look at and say, this shit worked. These plays, these, you know, faking to Henry and then hitting spears on a backside screen pass like that's that's good shit like do that don't do these long developing deep shots into double coverage because that's what we saw against the saints that's what we saw against the browns we know that's not going to work we tried it twice let's not fuck around and do it again let's keep doing with the shit that works that we've won two games off of henry running the ball let me get you his stats 22 yards 100 or 22 carries 122 yards Rushing touchdown, passing touchdown, and a passer rating of 119. <laughs> the passer rating so important. <laughs> <laughs> uh, absolutely crushed Burrow in that department too. Yeah, no. But no, I, I, I agree with you totally. And I, you said a really key word there in that, that fundamental. This was such a funda- fundamental game of just the basics being executed correctly and that's something that Vrabel talks about all the time you know his press conferences and the victory speeches he does in the locker room he always he has always talked about playing playing football with good fundamentals and you know with that comes being disciplined 
winning the interior and you know just <laughs> common sense stuff in this and like you said with the the big plays developing i gotta say i was shocked at how much we did play action in this game i mean it i i don't have a stat for how many plays we did but it was it was a lot but the thing was is that the play action in the passing game opened up the running game like it had like the the the, re- the reverse effect that we were normally talking about you know yeah i totally agree uh, it kind of went back to front to conventional wisdom and there's data to suggest that you don't necessarily have to have a good running game established in order for the play action to work you just have to have the threat of it and uh we have the constant threat with our two running at uh two-headed running attack so yeah that there was like a stretch i think in the second quarter when we were on the scoring frenzy where they ran play action like five times in a row and connected on three or four of them so we know Tannehill's getting play action that's been a career stat for him so we are it seems like this game kelly wanted to lean on strengths as much as possible and uh, it, it really was successful absolutely destroyed them in the second quarter I, I can't remember the last time i've seen this team score 21 points and a half let alone a fucking quarter right. Or a game. <laughs> like, <laughs> I didn't believe my eyes for a second, you know? Yeah. And it looked like the dudes were having fun, you know? Like, it looked like that they were, you know, getting their swagger back a little bit. I mean, I don't know if you saw, like, like the drumline celebration that they did. And I think one of my favorite things that I saw was it was it was a play that should have been awful. But it turned out to be something because, like, they didn't give up. It was the fumble. And then Spears picks it up, runs the other way, and Tannehill goes in for a lead block for him. You know, it was great seeing stuff like that happen for them to be like, oh, fuck, you know, we're going, <laughs> well, you know, they're going to try to make, you know, chicken salad out of shit out of this. So, and it was good, you know. <laughs> yeah, dude, that was, that was one of my favorite plays of the game. And then, you know, two or three plays later, we get Derrick Henry just booty blast in their defense like it it was like he just busted through the hole and he was like not you nice try think again bitch end zone like he just (laughs) gave him the hands like he was like nah not today this one's going to the house and that was vintage henry shit like bust some tackles get an open field house it i love that shit that was that was nostalgic it was great it was a 29 yard touchdown run and he broke three tackles on it and before because i I always get so annoyed that people for that 99 yard jag one that people talk about oh the jags like try to tackle high that's like so bad for him he broke two low tackles on this one so fuck you you know (laughs) yeah so that was great to see and while we're talking about derrick henry uh, congratulations to him he has passed earl campbell for the second most yards in franchise history Derek is sitting at 8,620 rushing yards with the titans so far and next up is eddie george man he, he's got to pass that eddie holds right at like 10,000 10,009 yards yeah i yeah. think he can do it if he stays yeah i think so too yeah if he stays if he stays healthy um he i don't think he's slowing down really i mean he, he he's been trying to make the best situation out of a mediocre to subpar o-line and like last year didn't he still like put up 1500 yards last year behind this garbage line 
Yeah. Yeah, he yeah. had an incredible season considering what he was working with. Henry, I think at this point in his career, he's not like the surefire four yards, no matter how like you could just eliminate the offensive line in 2018 and he's getting or 2019 and he's getting four yards. I think now he's he's kind of more reliant on blocking, but once he gets to the second level, he's the same old Derrick Henry that we've come to know and love. He may have lost a step on like his long speed, but he's still got the pace to to bust it loose as has he proved. So yeah, I think Derrick Henry, as long as um, the team elects to keep him and he wants to stay, he's got a real shot at breaking that record. And I would personally really like to see him do it. I'm not in the camp of trade Henry uh, for draft capital or whatever, because I don't think the running back market is where you would get any sort of value. I think his value is on our team and it's not worth trading him for like a fourth round pick or whatever the hell you're going to get. Cause nobody seems to want running backs. I want running, back. I want Derrick Henry as my running back. So he can retire a Titan as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, no, I mean, as of right now, I'm, I'm sitting with you on that too. And I, he's less than 1400 yards from passing Eddie George right now so that's and it's crazy because like two years ago would have said oh yeah he, that's like doable this year you know like right now after four weeks he could do that he um, still could he still i mean could. he still can i think that what we're learning and who you know we'll, we'll learn more as you know the weeks come but what we might be learning is that this offensive line is matchup dependent I mean, the Browns and the Saints both have probably like, you know, the toughest O lines or D lines that we faced so far. Browns was really rough, but that's also Browns have, have a good defense. You know, they got Miles Garrett and all that. And it's hard to also judge how where our team is at off that game because it just seemed like everybody all around fucked up. So it's hard to say it's hard to judge the O-line just off that game, but the Saints game, the running game was not terrible in the Saints game, if I recall. I mean, I do remember Spears and Henry both being able to pick up, you know, four or five yards, almost at will, you know, but we also had Skronsky in that game too. Skronsky, I think it's important to mention Skronsky did not play in this game. He's mm-hmm. still recovering from that surgery. He had the abdomenectomy, I believe. And next week, little Christmas came a little early. We're getting an NPF back early because the NFL woke up and changed their gambling policies. It would be nice if they did this in the summer, but here we are. Quick point on that. The rule is still dumb as shit, but I'm glad they loosened it up a little bit. It's now yeah. only a two game suspension. If you do perfectly legal gambling on a sport, you're not involved in, which should be legal. If it's legal, it's legal. I don't fucking get it. And meanwhile, Deshaun Watson got only four extra games than that. But okay, <laughs> yeah, no, it's strange. It's really strange. It like you'd really show. Well, this is a larger conversation, but yeah. I was gonna say it shows where the NFL's priority is, and it's with their own financial interests. You know, stuff that directly affects them, rather than something tangential like a you know off-field abuse by a player. Yeah. Uh, maybe it, maybe with uh maybe with all the Swifties watching football now, maybe they'll give a shit. We'll see. <laughs> that would be the first good Taylor Swift take I've heard. 
Oh my god! But um, yeah. So I- I'm excited for NPF to come back. Hopefully, Skron- Skronsky comes back too next week. You know, but also I don't want to rush the rookie, especially after a surgery like that and everything. So, so we have offensive linemen coming back. D- Derrick Henry. I just did some quick maths, and he needs to average a hundred yards, just a hundred yards, for the rest of the season, and he'll break the record. Holy shit. Because we have 18-game season now. That's right. Yeah. So you got 14 games, roughly 1,400 yards. Boom. Oh, yeah. There's a real shot he could do it this year. Holy shit. I didn't... Dude, Damn. I didn't even think about it either. I was like, well, math don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Oh, dude. We should really see if we could uh, just gamble on this. Just get those tickets in right now in Vegas about him breaking <laughs> that record. But yeah, no, uh, that, that'll be that'll be that'll be something that we should probably keep tracking each episode and giving the update on him approaching Eddie George's record for all time rushing yards with the Titans or the franchise. Yeah, absolutely. And this is completely unrelated, but on Football Reference, uh, it has his profile and it says uh, his name is. Uh, it has his nicknames as well. So Derek Lamar Henry Jr. I did not know that was his full name, <laughs> aka Tractor Cito. Or the king. <laughs> Tractor Cito came first. So that's his true. I love to call him that. I didn't know that was that popular. <laughs> yeah, me too. I didn't know that existed outside of the subreddit, to be honest. But I love that. Anyway, so we got MPF coming back. Do you think he actually starts? Because Hubbard's been pretty good. Dillard's been the problem. Do you think they shuffle things around? Like, what are you, what are you feeling on that? Dillard has been the problem. Uh, I they might shuffle they might ease him back in i think i don't know i feel like variable is pretty cautious when it comes to injuries and people coming back from injuries and he wasn't injured as far as i know oh shit that's right i'm sorry he's coming back from a gambling thing my bad maybe a crippling uh, gambling addiction yes sorry <laughs> sorry i immediately i was thinking of skronsky sorry i got them mixed up but uh i think that I think NPF will kind of just like come right back in. It's, I think he was allowed back in the facilities this week to like, you know, be participating in team activities and things like that. So hopefully he's been keeping the body good, the mind good and everything. So he'll hopefully be able to just like plug right back in. Uh, it's Skronsky that I am thinking Frable will ease him back in whenever he does come back. Yeah, I could see that. And Raiden's hasn't been a complete liability. So they don't have to rush him if they don't need to. So, or if they don't want to, right. um, I, I think I agree with your take. I, I feel like they're going to probably sit in PF this game and kind of work him in a little bit just because he has not been practicing with the team. And, uh, I think having a scheme fit is as important as having, you know, someone that can do the job, you know, as a base Hubbard can do the job and he knows the scheme better than MPF probably does right now just from sheer time on the practice field. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And two, when we were talking about like players that were out and coming back in and everything, I do want to, wanted to mention again that uh, Burks did not play in this game. Traylon Burks was out. I don't know the injury. I don't know if I, I don't know if you saw it. I, I don't know what he was out for. Some vague leg injury. Mm, got like a hockey report, lower, lower body injury. But I was happy to see that the passing game was still electric in this. I mean, D hop 
was really good. He had four catches for 63 yards. And Tannehill, oh, they almost connected on that bomb in the first quarter on that touchdown, or what would have been a touchdown, just inches away. So close. But, dude, I got to say, I, I, I'm eating some crow uh, to myself because when the rumors first started in the early summer of D-Hop possibly coming to the Titans, I was against it just because we have had a horrible track record with veteran wide receivers coming to this team, just taking up money and space and not really doing anything. And I was uh, pretty snake bitten by that and thinking that D-Hop was going to be another, just a repeat of that. But I got to say, on and off the field, I have loved everything this guy has brought in. You know, he's been a team player. He's been mentoring the other guys on the team. He's been hyping everyone up. I love all the shade he throws on Twitter too. I don't know if you follow him, but uh, yeah, dude, I, the dude, the dude, the dude's a Titan and he loves being a Titan right now. And I'm, I'm here for that. I'm here for a guy that's here for the two tone blues. I, I love it. Yeah. Thank God he's on this team. He has been a third down um, conversion machine since he's gotten here. Uh, it's good to have a player uh, that we haven't had in a couple of years where if you need a completion, find him because mm-hmm. even if he's covered, he could come down with it. And um, it's just, it's just good to have that security blanket. He had a couple huge plays. I know he didn't put up like some crazy stats or he hasn't scored a touchdown yet, but he's doing the dirty work, so to speak, where he's getting this team down into good positions to score. Right. He, he did that a couple times against the saints even. And he had a couple catches like that against the Browns and we couldn't fucking do anything. Like he was the only one that was actually like, He's been consistently good the whole season. And, and, you know, this isn't fantasy football good. This is real football good. He is an important piece of this team, and I'm so happy he's on the he's playing for us. And he and he seems to love it, you know. All the all the skepticism of him coming in. I was kind of skeptical about it too, but I always wanted it to happen because I I think, you know, signing these players, it's kind of a coin toss, and just because the first three tosses came up tails it's a new coin every time. Like it can come up heads. And I think we got a good player here uh, and uh, his age be damned. He's, he's actually, you're doing really well. Yeah, no, I'm stoked for him. And again, just, he seems to be so bought into the whole Vrabel mentality and like the culture that Vrabel has instilled here. And he just seems to really jive with it. I, I, I love it. I, I, I get so besides the on the field stuff, I just get so hyped about seeing other dudes come into the team and just 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 be in it you know just love it and just hyping everyone else up um and you know speaking of other dudes stepping up and everything it was awesome to see nwi nick westbrook akine he had a really good game too you know he had five catches for 51 yards and a touchdown Uh, he's slowly or not slowly he is kind of like mr reliable for Tannehill too i mean it's he has two touchdowns so far through through four through four weeks. Chris Moore also had a forty-four yard catch. I mean, I'm 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 excited to see when Burks does get healthy and him and Tannehill get on the same page again and everything, and then this offense just being even more fun to watch. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm loving NWI. I know he catches a lot of shade from fans, kind of unjustified. Like he's the story that that you want to root for, undrafted lunch pail player just 
going out there and doing a job doesn't matter if it's special teams, offense. He'll, he'll fucking play safety if you ask him to. I, I guarantee it. Mm-hmm. That dude's just a, a, a work, like a workaholic. It seems like so. I'm happy he's doing well. I'm happy for him as a person, and he's putting up numbers. You know, he's he's another reliable target. He's you know the that possession type receiver. Um, he's getting really good at these like intermediate routes. He's pretty crisp and he'll put his head down. He busted through a couple tacklers on his way to the end zone. Yeah, yeah dude. In WI, he should be like a Titan sweetheart. I don't know why people hate on him. And then Chris Moore, deep threat. Who would have thought that? Like, he's, right. He just right. comes up with a big catch every game and then he's completely gone from the playbook from the playbook right yeah exactly like, i think i think it was this i can't remember it was this game or with the browns but he had like that beautiful one-handed catch and yeah yeah it was against the browns he caught it like over a dude's head he, he reached around the defender's helmet and pulled it in that's how we got our points the only one <laughs> thanks chris moore <laughs> Thank you for your service, but yeah, Set up no. the real MVP Nick Folk for the for the kick. <laughs> yeah, yeah, oh, that, that's another dude, Nick Folk. Loving that, loving that guy. Hasn't <laughs> missed a kick so far. I probably jinxed him, but he hasn't missed one so Knock far. Knock on some wood right now, goddammit. But yeah, <laughs> I, I'm. I don't know. I, I'm liking. I like what I saw from this Sunday. I have no idea what to expect going forward. Uh, and before I before we move on from NWI and everything. I think that his contract is up at the end of this year, I believe, because I because I think he like wanted to test the market this offseason and then he came back. All right, I'll sign a one year deal. And so I'm curious to see if they do sign him again at the end of this. I'm really curious to see what, what Rand Carthon does with NWI at the end of this. I think yeah, it also depends who's quarterback next year, too. But we'll we'll. we'll we could talk about that later in the season. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll we'll touch on that because I think it also has a lot to do with how Kyle Phillips plays. So, yeah, his future unfortunately might not be decided by him. It might be decided by the play of other people. Yeah, I will uh, say that for now, like he's doing great. NWI checks a big box with Vrabel that Kyle Phillips doesn't, and that NWI he's available. He doesn't really miss games with injury. Yeah, and he's big. You can play on the outside too. So. I guess it's not entirely dependent on Kyle Phillips. It could be dependent on Traylon Burks. Let's be, be, we can be honest about that. Yeah, very true. I didn't realize this. He NWI is six two. For some reason, I thought he was shorter. Yeah, he's a pretty big dude. Yeah, well, good for him, man. Uh, <laughs> do you want uh, to talk about the defense? Yeah, sure. Uh, what do you got? I just want to take a moment of appreciation for the defensive line and the linebackers. Because they just terrorized the Bengals the whole game. Big Jeff, Tart, Key, Gibson getting mixed up in there, forcing a fumble. Uh, unfortunately, Burrow recovered his own fumble. But like that, he just he came he out of nowhere. Snaps. He needs more snaps because Landry has really been struggling to come back strong from his injury. And I think it was a, a really sneaky good signing to snag him up in free agency right before the season started by Rand Carthon because he's he's proven that he's he's worthy of getting some play on this defense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he definitely needs to, and it will probably help Landry out too. I've been listening to you know, Zach Lyons talking about this a lot, and he, he thinks, and I guess I agree with him. I'm curious what your opinion is since you have friends that are physical therapists, but uh, that he thinks that the amount of snaps that Landry's getting is 
probably detrimental to his recovery and everything from from the ACL that like maybe he's just playing too much and he needs some more spells in with, you know, Gibson coming in or other people. But um, I, I would love to see Gibson get more snaps regardless. Yeah, I could definitely like do some uh, some research on that or some polling, but I have talked to enough of my physical therapist friends to kind of predict maybe what they would say is that it, it all comes down to the, the work that he's doing to strengthen his knee and the, the therapy that's going along with that, uh, how he responds to therapy. I couldn't really speak on, but these ACL repairs, the modern ACL repairs are very good. Like hmm. they are there to the point where your knee will come back as strong as, as it was in most instances. So it might just come down to conditioning more than anything, or maybe it's between the ears. A lot of it, it could just be this fear of getting hurt again. That I think that's an underrated part is the psychology of coming back from a major injury and doing the things that got you injured in the first place. Like it takes a, a big mental hurdle for um, a lot of players to get over and so so it could be it could be something like that watch me get a text on you know wednesday or thursday when they listen to this and be like yeah you're a fucking idiot <laughs> <laughs> that's my prediction <laughs> well i i definitely am curious to hear what, what what they have to say about it and everything and that was one of the big questions i had this off season because nobody i don't I don't think anybody was talking about landry coming back and everything like it was it kind of it was like a forgotten topic to some fans i think just about landry because his injury happened in the off season or preseason but it was like it was before week 1 yeah so yeah i that was like one of the biggest questions i had was you know cuz he signed that big ass contract and then he you know was done for the year and then Rand Carthon just inherits this. And I'm not saying Landry's bad or that, you know, he shouldn't have gotten the contract. Or, like, I'm not trying to, like, say anything like that. Uh, and in fact, I actually don't really have an opinion on it because I don't know how to judge him right now. But um, I would like to, it would be cool to see him come back. But it, it's a weird situation for Rand Carthon to be on with him and having, like, people like, like Gibson maybe be a better younger healthier option to have yeah it's never bad to have options yeah Um, and if landry comes back strong then we got one of the stronger rotations um at linebacker that you could think of so hooker played another lights out game as well he dude i want to get his jersey man he's been killing it this week or this year he had that huge pass breakup uh, on the Bengals' first drive, um, where they were threatening the end zone, and he he kind of jumped in, broke off from his assignment to bust up a pass um, that eventually forced him to punt, and, or sorry, to kick, and that was their only points of the game. That was their only halfway decent drive of the game. They didn't convert a third down until the fourth quarter, and they didn't convert one on Damn. that on that drive. So they that was their first fourth down or third down conversion in the fourth quarter, like midway through the fourth quarter. And I think we saw the benefits of one of the other things we were kind of pounding the table for last week is holding the ball on offense to keep the defense healthy or fresh. Because when they came out there, they didn't look gassed. They were amped up and they had plenty of rest because we had a seven minute drive on offense, a 10 minute drive on offense. They were out there able to just rush the passer, stick with these elite wide receivers. Um, 
that the Bengals have and really just shut down their offense. I think that's going to be another major key going forward that I'd like to see going, uh, see continue is keep the defense fresh because when this defense is healthy, they can be really good. And even, even if we have a weak link, like Christopher, Christian Fulton's not playing that well, he's got hooker right behind him as they play on the same side usually. And hookers fucking balling. So, you know, shade coverage to Fulton side and we're set, you know? Yeah, no, I, Monty Hooker has been awesome. And it, it was a, <laughs> the defense piece, I know like we're praising Monty Hooker and everything, but like, I'm really, this defense just makes me happy. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm stoked for them. And also I was really happy that we kept Jamar Chase kind of quiet. I mean, in the fourth quarter, I think they just started kind of feeding Jamar Chase the ball. He was getting like these like quick, these quick out routes and everything. And, you know, he's kind of a tough guy to bring down, but I mean, that was, that was them in garbage time trying to do something, you know? So, um, I'm pretty proud of the defense so far this season. And the defense has been good ever since they've made them ever since they brought Jim Schwartz on, right? That was him that he was like the, the defensive. He wasn't the coordinator, but he was like an advisor that we brought on. Yeah. And now he's with the Browns, which is probably why they've, spanked us yeah but just to that point you know we had that year of shane bowen that wasn't great and then when schwartz came as an advisor things picked up and even though he's gone things have stayed really good with the defense so yeah it's i think shane bowen probably learned a lot from him and uh wrote some notes took some good notes and is able to uh kind of replicate or at least emulate some of the the things that schwartz taught him and translate it to having a better defense yeah that first year with with bowen where he wasn't truly the defensive coordinator it was like kind of like a low-key conspiracy <laughs> who's that actually was doing it yeah 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 <laughs> which well, I, might, I might believe now that <laughs> that rabel was calling most of it because did, did you hear dean p said in that uh, the afc championship game that rabel called that game on defense and that was the first game of the season Vrabel took over as defensive coordinator for whatever reason. Really? No, I hadn't seen that, but I'll, I'll trust Dean Pease. He's, uh, he's got my trust. Yeah. Same here. Anything else from, from the Bengals game? I mean, again, I have no idea what the fuck to expect from this team for the rest of the season, but I'm here for the wild ride. Yeah. Same. Well, we can move on if you, if you're good with that. Yeah, man. Before we get into the Colts discussion and what we're looking forward to, uh, we do. We're, we are going to take a quick little break here, and during this break, we got another song for you, Chris. It is your turn to pick the song this week. What song you got for us? I got a classic, "Dirty Harry" by the Gorillas or by Gorillas. Ooh, fuck yes! All right, guys, we'll see you on the other end. We'll be right back.
man. Uh, what a throwback. Love it. And also, that song is exactly how I feel right now. It's just, I'm just vibing. I'm not too high. I'm not too low. I'm just vibing, man. I'm just going, just going wherever Henry's going with the ball. Hell yeah. Dude, Gorilla's always got some vibe. Yeah, man. <laughs> so, getting into our next matchup, week five against the Indianapolis Clo- Colts for the shoe. Ugh! We are <laughs> traveling up to Indy for this. And by we, I mean the team, not me and Chris. Uh, this is looking at Sports Wire. I'm sorry, Sports Book Wire. The Colts are opening at minus one and a half points. So the Colts are a slight favorite in this game. I think that's just about the same spread we had against the Bengals. I think the Bengals were minus two and a half. But um, I feel good going into this, to be honest. I know the Colts just took the Rams into overtime and everything. But I mean, Anthony Richardson doesn't, uh, he doesn't like worry me too much because I kind of see him as like a Lamar Jackson kind of style of play. Maybe he's a little bit better. I don't know. But I feel like that this game is going to come down to whichever team does the best fundamentals. And I can see Richardson relying way too much on his legs to the detriment of his team in this scenario. And I, I, I see Vrabel and company game planning for that, much like how we do every time we play against Lamar Jackson. Honestly, I th- the o- the only thing that worries me about Richardson is his running ability. Um, I don't think that we have a middle linebacker capable of, you know, running down or spying a quarterback that's that fast. I'll show you is probably the best one we have, uh, but we saw with Jacks or with, sorry, with De- Deshaun Watson that the mobile quarterback can give us some problems on defense. It's probably like the biggest threat that we have against us in this game. So hopefully we can kind of stop them in the beginning and discourage him from running and force him to throw it. And uh, kind of just if they if they hassle him enough, maybe we'll get one of those kind of rookie freakout performances from him. Um, I admit I haven't watched a whole lot of the Colts because I love Who myself. Would? Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't love myself. I wouldn't do do that to me. So, yeah, Richardson, I think, is the only piece of their offense that I'm actually kind of worried about. And that's strictly from the running standpoint. Like, I, I don't fear him throwing the ball against us. Uh, yeah, it could be proved wrong, but right. This this reeks of a game that's gonna be like kind of scrappy. It usually is, and it's it's gonna be a dogfight. I think uh, down in the trenches, and whoever wins that battle down on the offensive line and defensive line on both sides is probably gonna win the game. Yeah, I agree with you there. But you know, Zach Moss doesn't scare me. I know that this is the first week Jonathan Taylor is eligible to come back, but I don't think he's fucking coming back. He doesn't want to play for this team. I I, I just don't think JT is coming in. Um, and even if he does, he doesn't really scare me. A dude that's been sitting for six weeks at home. I don't know. doesn't scare me too much. Um, Michael Pittman doesn't scare me, really. Uh, I don't even know they have other wide receivers on the team, to be honest. And I know you're talking about him running. So the thing, the, the difference between him, because I, I did think about this, between him and, and Deshaun Watson, who is you know a shifty dude that can run and everything, is that Watson is, you know, Obviously, you know, he's a senior or seasoned quarterback and Watson made 
athletic moves to keep the play alive to still throw the ball downfield. And I could see Richardson panicking and scrambling and just like running out. You you make a fair point about our linebackers and everything, but I don't know. I I see that as opportunity for us to make Anthony Richardson uncomfortable and for him to make mistakes and for him to run out and just 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 be potential to get hit and cause a fumble or for him to throw an ill-advised pass. So I see I see us making him uncomfortable in this game and and then us benefiting from the mistakes. I think that's the game plan to be honest. There's playing solid D-line making hit in having what would they call it where it's kind of like the the passing sack where like basically there's like nobody open downfield and he just kind of just waits and waits and waits and he throws it away or gets sacked because of it. I could see I could see something like this. I th- I see that being part of the script. Yeah, they're going to have to do the kind of mush rush where they they all that you don't like crash the pocket so to speak as you would on a on a statue like burrow was last week right kind of got to run in a straight line and and block off his escape routes and then just hope that the uh the coverage can get you that sack as he you know tries to find a way out of the pocket so the assignments i think are going to be vital in in hemming this offense in Uh, looking at their season stats Anthony Richardson has just shy of 57% completions percentage on the season. He's only thrown 72 balls. Yeah, he did miss a game. But he he's going to be inconsistent if we force him to throw the ball a lot. And so that has to be what this defense wants to force them into. And honestly, the best way of doing that is to shut down their traditional run game, which I don't think will be that much of a challenge. I agree. Even if Jonathan Taylor comes back, like you said, he has not been with the team. He's not been practicing. He's not motivated to play for them. The, our rush defense has proven again that they're very good. We actually played a starting running back for once, and <laughs> they still shut him down for the most part. So, yeah, I, I'm not worried about their rushing attack in, in the sense of their running backs. But, um, yeah, they, they just need to get Richardson out of a rhythm early and keep him out of the rhythm because it, it could be a digger own grave scenario for the Colts on offense where they are one dimensional and they have to throw it with a guy that's not that's not his his game yet. You know, right. It, it's very much like a year one Cam Newton kind of style <laughs> offense they seem to be running. Where it's it's like, you know, if you don't see it, just run. Like <laughs> we're gonna have to simplify <laughs> the game because he's not that experienced. That's that's definitely the key to success on defense. Yeah, and definitely. for us to succeed on offense, I think this comes down to running the ball. Um, the Colts' defense doesn't appear to be that great against stopping the run, and um, if we can get some momentum going again in our run game, we could roll them. We could. I think it's going to be really close just because of the, the rivalry. But the, the the kind of ingredients are in the pot for another good win. And I'm not trying to just be on the roller coaster with the Titans or I'm like, yeah, we're good. And then we shit. <laughs> I just think the Colts are not good. The, the Browns are at least good. Yeah, no, I mean, I th- 
this is such a weird division. This is the only division where nobody has a losing record in it in the NFL. We're all two and two right now. Uh, it's it, it's a really weird division. I mean, this would be a huge. This is a huge game because this is our first. Because everyone else in the division has been fighting each other the first four weeks. You know, we haven't gotten in the scrap yet, and so us getting a victory over the Colts will be huge in terms of just the the power rankings within the division. And I, I think we can win, but you know, just I just never know which Titans we're going to get and. Uh, we normally do a pretty decent job going up to the, that Kroger stadium, wherever the fuck it is. And we, you know, we've housed them there before we've won scrappy games up there before. So I uh, going up there. doesn't scare me. Um, I don't know. I, I'm feeling pretty good. It's also on my birthday. So I'm like, you know, birthday wishes for this, but I gotta win. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I think on offense, the the keys to victory are going to be kind of like what you're saying run the ball run it well kind of short passes you know do, do the whole play action thing and everything and besides like running the ball that helps with like the time of possession and that was something that we talked about last last week because with the browns we only had the ball for 21 minutes versus the browns 38 minutes and this week we had the ball for 34 minutes so we we improved by 13 minutes time possession. And that also was just soul crushing, fucking soul crushing to the Bengals. When we came out in the second half, we got that Henry jump pass, went to halftime, came back, we got the ball back and they took 10 goddamn minutes off the clock on that drive and capitalized on it. So that, that is demoralizing, you know, and also it wears out the defense. It makes them fucking gassed. And have them gas going up going up against Derrick Henry and or Tajay Spears in the fourth quarter? Fuck you. Yeah, I've, I think I think that's what we got to do. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely the recipe that we need to stick with. I don't know the the so they're, they're two and two. Their uh, first win was against the Texans, who are incredibly inconsistent right now, and then. Yeah, an overtime win against the Ravens, which was extremely scrappy. I did watch a good bit of that game, and it was it was just one of those rock fight games where, like, you know, you, it's just three yards in a cloud of dust almost. Interesting. So it was a weird game, uh, at least the end of it, which is the part that I watched. But I think I think the Colts. I don't I don't fear them. I don't care about their record they've had two overtime games in a row. So clearly they have some fight in them. So mm-hmm. I'll give them credit for that. They have some resilience to try and um, pull out some close wins. But I think if this team can put shit together, like we've seen them do one and a half times <laughs> because the, the chargers, if, if they put shit together, like 80% of even what they did um, on Sunday, then it should be no question when uh, and then people that are betting on the Colts are going to lose some money. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I definitely see it. I, I see it being pretty scrappy, but if we can, you know, keep the penalties down, play good fundamental football and win the time of possession, I, I think that we we have a victory in this game. Yeah, 100%. Time of possession is it's quickly becoming the number one stat, in my opinion. Um, for the team success so we have some pieces coming back we'll see if 
we'll see if see. Kyle is back. Kyle and Phillips. Yeah. Kyle Phillips. Yeah, sorry. I blanked on his last name there for a second. Yeah, we'll see if Phillips is back. Um, and if he's not, so be it. I, I think we'll be okay. They, It seems like they're going to bring him back. It, that's the telegraphed move with the Kinsey release. So him back, NPF back, probably Skaronsky back. Hopefully Burks. Hopefully Burks. Um, we could have another healthy team coming up into Indianapolis ready to face a, a team in the Colts that have kind of just had a bloody nose all season, you know? Mm-hmm. So if, if, if we don't go out and shit the bed, then we should win. If we lose, I hate this kind of terminology, but it seems like it'll probably be a game that the Titans lose versus the Colts win. You know, the old adage. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I'm cautiously optimistic, but at the same time as you, I got no, no one can predict how this team is going to play because we have not seen two good weeks in a row. We haven't seen two bad weeks in a row. We've just seen up and down. Like I said, the other week, it's a sine wave. We just are riding the wave at this point. So we need to, you know, find a consistent basis. Again, I think it's somewhere in between the Browns and the Bengals game. Yeah. And that's yeah. that's all right. I think we'll be able to compete in our division with that being the baseline. And and this is the first division matchup of the season. This is a huge game. Even though it's early, it's it's a big matchup because of the implications with the, everyone else being tied in the division. Um, we can get a game up in the division and um, in the wild card standings at the same time. Because there's yeah. a real possibility that it could be come down to the Titans and the and the Jags fighting for a wild card spot. So all these division games are big. This one I think is huge because we need to start out on the right foot in that competition. Yeah, absolutely. And it's important too because the Jags have been I mean, I know they just won a big game in London. It's a home game for them, blah, blah, blah. But like I, I'm not convinced that like the Jags are like quote back as like some people are saying and everything. I, I, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, we have a real opportunity to get ahead of them here and everything, and especially if you could beat the Ravens too, uh, because then that's common. What was that like stat for like tiebreakers and stuff? Because, you know, we would have beaten the Ravens, and, but the Colts lost to them and all that bullshit. So, and also besides this, us beating, the who did oh yeah the Bengals and the Chargers us beating them those could be two teams later on this season that are also competing for a wild card that we just beat that we have the tiebreaker over yeah so, yeah that's huge um, we definitely need to beat the Ravens because the Colts did actually beat the Ravens yeah uh, all all things considered uh, this is it's not a must win but it's a should win kind of game um, it would be nice yeah it would be very nice <laughs> to win it <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I, I want good vibes going over to England, too, because that's kind of been, oh yeah, a place where we've not had good memories, you know, since we've been going there. So, yeah, I want I want the vibes to be high when we, you know, we go over to jolly old England and and face the Ravens. So, yeah, let's go up and just take care of business, handle the Colts. We'll we'll do it for the shoe if they want us to, but we'll fucking destroy oh, them God. in the process. 
fucking hate that goddamn slogan. <laughs> I think I think just to kind of like wrap things up a little bit, just to put a little cherry on top of the time of possession and prove that. So the two games that we've lost, we lost against the Saints, and but that one was like a really close, dirty game. We lost by a point in that. The Saints in the time of possession kind of matched that. This the Saints only had like two more minutes of possession than us, and again, it's a one point loss, very close game. Despite how ugly it was, the Browns had, I think, like eighteen more minutes than us. It was significant. It was like it was over a quarter, over a full quarter of time. And then with the Chargers, we had you know a little under ten minutes. We had like it's like close to like nine minutes more than them. And then this game against the Bengals, we had significantly more time to them. I think we had like thirteen more minutes than them of time of possession, something like that. So it really does, and that's a variable. That's a variable ball. He wants to hold. He wants to hold on to the rock and keep it away from you. So um, I think that those are how we're going to win this weekend. Yep, definitely. Alrighty. Well, I don't know if I got anything else. You got anything else on, on the docket? Not for this game. I do have a I don't have much slander for our AFC South opponents. I don't besides we're all just we're all like that Spider Man meme of us pointing at each other because we're all two and two right now. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I do have one, I guess AFC South uh PFF grades for teams. Um we're leading. We're ninth overall in the NFL for per PFF. I don't know what they're measuring, but this is just what it says for the shoe. You want to guess where they are? Same record. Where are they at? 25th. Ooh, that's fucked. That's a blow. (laughs) (laughs) Bats don't lie. I said it earlier. That's right. Uh, (laughs) Here, I got one for the Jags. Uh, We didn't need Pixar to help us win a goddamn game. So I'll, I'll say that. Did you watch the Disney Plus fucking Andy's room thing that they did? Hundred percent not. Hell yeah. no. It looked like a fever dream, dude. It was it was crazy. Uh, it, it felt like it was Aaron Rodgers' idea off ayahuasca to be like, you know what we should do. <laughs> <laughs> you know what Let's really resonates with kids these days? A movie from two thousand. <laughs> oh my god, dude! And uh, I feel like there was like a bunch of jokes about like. Andy's mom's rug getting messed up from this. I was like, this is borderline sus, but oh well. It was- <laughs> Isn't that the same rug from uh, The Shining? Oh my god, I wish. No, it wasn't. It was It was just a... <laughs> old Slinky was the, 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 the chains and everything. It was... It was, it was fuck? It was wacky, dude. Um, yeah. But anyways, I, I think that's all I got. Uh, everybody, thank you for listening to this episode of Two Tone Brews, an unaffiliated Tennessee Titans podcast. Uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Two Tone Brews, and we'll see you next week with our recap of the Colts game. See you. <laughs>